listening to 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins. Today, we'd like to introduce our new producer, Thomas Taylor. Hello, I'm Thomas Taylor. On today's show, I will be updating you on campus and local news. Then, KCSU Assistant Sports Director Jonathan Gillum will give some new information on the world of sports. Right after that, we'll be re-airing a piece about a mental health tool accessible by text. Then the show, we'll be hearing about national and COVID-19 news myself. Um, hi, I'm Ivy Winfrey, and you're listening to Rocky Mountain Review in 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins. This is your campus and local news. Starting off with campus news, Hannah Taylor and Noah Schindler have been elected as the 2020 and 2021 student body president and vice president, with Christian Dixon as the speaker of the Senate for the Associated Students of Colorado State University's 50th Senate, according to Laura Studley at the Collegiate. The presidential campaign won by a margin of 212 votes and had 1,710 votes in total. Taylor and Schindler campaigned on three platforms, COVID-19 relief, housing, and parking and transportation. Christian Dixon won the speaker position by a margin of 567 votes with 1,776 votes in total. This election had a turnout of 15.33% or 4,831 voters. This was down from last year's record of 26.6%. West Pitkin Street will be closed from Meridian Avenue just east of Canvas Stadium to Newton's Plaza on Saturday, September 26th from 6 a.m. to 1 p.m. This is to set a large crane on the north side of the Visual Arts Building for roofing materials. For more information, you can contact Barry Willer of Facilities Management at 970-567-6709. University Avenue between College Avenue and Mason Street in parking lot 440 will be closing from September 21st to October 2nd. Old Main Drive and associated on-street parking will be closed immediately east of Mason Street from September 21st to the 23rd. This is to replace a water line and valves. For more information, you can contact Jen Marley at 970-568-6327. The Colorado State University Office of the Provost and Executive Vice President sent a statement to faculty Monday outlining how CSU's spring semester would be composed. The email stated that, similar to the fall semester, the goal for the spring semester is to offer a mix of hybrid, in-person, and online courses to help reduce the spread of COVID-19. The statement said that CSU will be using, quote, the same priorities for in-person courses as planned for fall and provided by the Teaching Continuity and Recovery Team, or the TCRT. As we get closer to the spring semester to determine whether we need to modify in-person courses, the TCRT is developing scenarios, end quote. The statement also mentioned that CSU will continue operating in accordance with health protocols and will be working closely with county and state health experts to develop policies. Moving on to local news, the Cameron Peak Fire has now grown to over 104,000 acres and is at 15% containment, according to Miles Blumhardt at the Coloradoan. Fire activity picked up around 1.30 p.m. Sunday, with the fire running one mile in 45 minutes on the north side of South Bald Mountain. The fire overran the Kilpecker fire line, chasing firefighters east towards the Manhattan Road, which along with the Dead Man Road is considered the next line of defense from the fire reaching thousands of homes in the Red Feather Lakes, Crystal Lakes, and Glacier View subdivisions. According to Corey Carlson, the fire's planning operations trainee, Glacier View residents were placed on voluntary evacuation Sunday. 
Governor Jared Polis is extending the state's safer-at-home order and amended it to let bars and restaurants in counties under looser levels of COVID-19 restrictions to serve alcohol later than those in counties under higher restrictions, according to Sarah Kyle at the Coloradoan. As of 10 p.m. Monday, each county's last call will be dependent on its status in Colorado's COVID-19 dial, which sets the levels of openness based on the county's number of cases, percent positivity of COVID-19 tests, and the impact on hospitals as well as local considerations. Counties were assigned one of five levels on Tuesday, September 15th. The safest is the protect our neighbors level. Uh, the next one is the safer at home two, the cautious level. Larimer County is currently at this level. The next one is the safer at home two, concern. Then safer at home three, high risk. And then finally, stay at home. The amended and extended executive order will remain in effect 30 days from Saturday, September 19th. Under his amendment this month, Counties in the Protect Our Neighbors stage can opt out of the statewide last call and choose their own last call up to 2 a.m., which is when state law required bars and restaurants to stop serving alcohol prior to the pandemic. Counties under varying levels of safer-at-home status will have the following last calls. For Level 1, which is cautious, will be at midnight. Level 2, concern, will be at 11 p.m. And Level 3, or high risk, is at 10 p.m. That means that Larimer County, which is ranked cautious on the state's dial, will be able to have a last call of midnight. As of Sunday morning, no counties were ranked high risk or lower on the state's dial. This has been your campus and local news. We'll be right back. listening to the same three songs anymore. Take out your phone and let me put you on to something different. Which is? KCSU. The student-run radio station at CSU makes it easy. They're on the TuneIn app or you can stream them live on kcsufm.com and browse some of their articles or podcasts. What if my phone is from ninth grade? Can I still get TuneIn? You can find TuneIn on Google Play or the App Store. Put some variety on your playlist only at KCSU. And we are back here on the Rocky Mountain Review only and on 90.5 FM. We are taking, we're, oh, sorry about that. Now we're going to hear some sports updates from our assistant sports director, Jonathan Gillum. Hello, and thank you for listening. It's Jonathan Gillum with Sporting News. Much of college sports was canceled this year. However, several conferences are deciding whether they are going to resume or not including the Mountain West, which we will get to at the end of this segment. Professional sports are underway. The NHL and NBA playoffs are currently playing. The shortened baseball season is underway with their playoffs coming here shortly in a couple weeks. The Denver Nuggets have done the unthinkable twice. 
They climbed out of a hole they dug themselves in and tied the series at three games twice now. And they just beat the Clippers last week and advanced to the Western Conference Finals. However, they dug themselves down 2-0 hole once again. And they will look to make, hopefully, another comeback in Game 3. The Denver Broncos now only lost Week 2. But they got riddled with injuries, including starting quarterback Drew Locke, who went down with an injury to his AC joint on his throwing arm. Currently, they're estimating he could be out two to six weeks, but are awaiting an MRI for official results. Also, wide receiver number one, Cortland Sutton, is ruled out of the season with a knee injury. So some devastating losses have happened. Also, in local news, Governor Polis announced just two weeks ago that he would be thrilled to work with Chassa for fall football. Chassa, in a turn of events, has decided that sports can come back and schools now have the decision whether they want to play in the fall or play in the spring for football. The list of schools that are going to come back will be available on the Chassa website. Additionally, more breaking news The Mountain West Wire released an article stating that September 21st, the Mountain West athletic directors are going to be holding a meeting talking about resuming play and even citing that Mountain West sports could resume as early as October 24th, which means that CSU college football could possibly resume. We will also continue to monitor this and update with better news. Missing that deep dive into sports... Well, KCSU FM has articles, shows, podcasts, and lots of awesome content. More information can be found on that at kcsufm.com. That is all I have for sports news. Thanks for listening for KCSU Sports. I'm Jonathan Gillum, and I'll catch you next time. We're taking a quick break. You're listening to the Rocky Mountain Review on 90.5 KCSU. We'll be right back. CSU thanks Tribal Rights for their continued underwriting support. Tribal Rights is located on College Avenue in Old Town, Fort Collins, and is a full custom tattoo, body piercing, and jewelry studio. Learn more at tribalrightstattoo.com. Up next, we're talking to Mark Fussell and Matt Zeman, the lead developer and lead promoter of Happiness for Take2Minutes.org, a tool for mindfulness and mental health support. Um, can you guys just quickly explain your roles um, in founding the platform Take Two Minutes, as well as what your goals really were in um, the, the type of people who would access it, um, 
the response you'd get back? Right. So it started, I'll give you a bit of history about it. Um, I had a son who at the time was in high school and he was going through a little bit of tough times, um, high school, maybe drama, we can even call it, but it was just bringing him down a little bit. And so I started texting him some positive messages every day just to kind of lift his spirits, things that uh, just let him know he's loved and what have you. Um, those messages kind of snowballed into just being positivity messages. And I, I'm a programmer by default, by nature. And so I made this little application that started sending him a message every day just at noon. Um, after a while, uh, some of his friends wanted to receive it. And so I kept increasing and making the application better and better. And before I know it, um, I had 200 people using it who I didn't know and people were liking it a lot. So that kind of sparked the interest that there was people who liked this sort, these sort of messages and needed this sort of uh, uplift in their life. And so then Matt and I, hooked up and Matt and I have worked together for years. We've known each other for about 10 years, maybe more. And um, we got, Matt got us in touch with Dr. Brian Sexton out of Duke University. And Dr. Sexton has uh, a grant to research happiness for lack of better terms, as I put it simply. And he has about eight years of data around activities that can help people get into a better mind state about resilience. And so we hooked up with him and learned all about some of his activities, and we put those into Take Two Minutes, too. So Take Two Minutes is really an, a, a platform that is meant to help people in different ways. When I say help, help you hopefully get into a more positive mindset or recognize positivity in your life uh, as you use the activities. And we're up to, I don't know, Matt, we've probably got a good six, seven, eight different types of activities now at this point. All right, awesome. Can you tell me about what some of those activities are? Yeah, absolutely. So when you sign up, you get access to the positive messages. We call it social positivity. You can set when you want to receive your positive messages. And the reason behind that is because some people might get up at six o'clock in the morning and want to see something positive then. Some people at the end of their day want to see something positive when the work's done. So you can set when you want to receive those messages. Uh, outside just getting a positive message, you can also set up a daily messages for the meditations. We call it meditation of the day. So we have a 10 minute meditation that's sent out every day to people who want to receive it. And those are, in my mind, just beautiful meditations. And you don't even have to be someone who wants to meditate to benefit from the messages and the meditations, because quite often the messages have a positive message built into the meditation. So on and above the idea of meditating, you can get some positivity just, just from listening to uh, the messages in the meditation. Outside of those, we have something called My Happy List. And the idea behind My Happy List is you can keep a list of things you know make you happy. And we try to tell people to not use generic things, but very specific uh, thoughts. So instead of saying, my family makes me happy, maybe you're be more specific, like the vacation last summer and wherever makes me happy because of this. So use very specific um, thoughts around it. And then when you're having a tough moment, you can text to our system, send me something that makes me happy. It'll pick something out of your list and send it back to you. That's uh, my happy list um, is what that one was. We also have gratitude journaling. Gratitude journaling is uh, very, very popular these days and known to help people with resilience and recognition of the positivity in their lives. Similar to everything else, you can set up reminders to receive the gratitude journal entry at a certain time of the day. And the way all these things work, everything's around text messaging. We did it very purposefully with text messaging. 
instead of an app on your phone. And the reason being is an app on your phone, there's, there's, uh, there's, there's a lot of apps for phones, first off, but on and above that, research has shown that when an app sends you a notification, those notifications are only read about 24% of the time, whereas a text message is read about 92% of the time. And actually that 92% is within three minutes of receiving it. So we can show that the messages we send are much better received because they're coming via text or SMS. Um, so all these things, such as a gratitude journaling, you receive a text saying, you know, you wanted a gratitude journal on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 7 p.m. Here's your link. It's time to do it. You click the link, you go to the entry, and you fill out your gratitude journal entry. With gratitude journaling, um, we added the a, a, a second part to it. Actually, there's three parts to the gratitude journal. One is your mood check-in, where you select kind of how you're feeling from a option of 12 different moods. There's your gratitude journal entry. Then we also have the um, three questions we ask you to pick one of, and those are rotating questions, so they'll change every time. You pick a question, and the questions are all supposed to help you think of positivity in your life. So you pick a question and answer it as well, and that's your gratitude journal entry. We also have um, three good things. Three good things is a fantastic exercise. It has a lot of research and, and data behind it to help with um, your mental well-being. The idea behind three good things is before you go to bed, roughly within 90 minutes of going to bed, you should get the text message for your three good things entry and you fill it out and it's basically thinking of three good things you did that day or not necessarily you did. It could be something you did, something you witnessed or something that you partook in. So something just good that you experienced in that day. List those three things and you save your entry. The process that goes on is it puts your mind into a positive state when you fall asleep then. And while you're sleeping, your mind kind of goes through a, a cleanup process, but it, it cleans up in a, in a positive state, for lack of better terms. And it helps you wake up then with more positivity because you went to bed with all these positive thoughts in your mind. If you do that exercise, uh, per Dr. Sexton's studies, for 15 days, it has a better effect on your psyche than taking medications and it, the effects will last up to six months, meaning that 15 days of activity can have positive effects on you for up to six months afterwards even. So it's a really wonderful exercise. Um, Matt, what am I missing? We have other activities. You know, one, one thing for Colorado State um, students that they might be into is we have a whole bunch of activities on help me sleep. Um, so I know they're, they're, there's a lot going on in the day. They, um, they get, they get to back to the, the room and they're charged up and they need to help sleep. We've gone out and found research on self-hypnosis techniques that just work. So um, they can simply text, help me sleep, and we'll send them a, um, a self-hypnosis technique to help them sleep. Or if they play on the website and look at the different ways you can configure it, they might say, help me sleep with ocean waves and the firework exercise. And then we'll send them that. So they don't have to go to the computer. They can just text and, and get some help. So That's awesome. Yeah, Koda. We, um, the only thing I'm going to add that Mark has in is everything we've built, and I think this is what hopefully matters to uh, the, the Colorado State students, is it's designed to lower burnout and depression, help with their school life balance, um, and just lead to higher levels of happiness. So whatever activities work for them, Oh, that's great. Um, just a curi out of curiosity, um, has there been an increase in usage since the pandemic, since people can't really escape certain things like work at home, working at home is now more common? 
Um, you're generally, you have a harder time having a work-life balance or a school-life balance if everything is always there. So has um, that environment changed um, or improved people's usage of the program? Yeah, I'll take this one if you don't mind. This is uh, Mark. The, um, what's super cool for us is Google just gave us a grant, um, I guess almost six weeks ago at this point, that we get $10,000 a month to uh, use on advertising. And uh, I think combined with the pandemic, every single day we are seeing new subscribers signing up. Um, and it's just cool to, cool to watch. And then because the, uh, we, do, we don't monitor the text in real time, it's kind of an automated system, but we do check this to see what is coming in. And the messages are just incredible. I think this is really helping a ton of students and young adults across the country on uh, increase their happiness. Yeah, it is a chat bot too, Coda. So people send messages back quite often and the chat bot tries to respond to their messages they send back. And so uh, sometimes we check those messages to make, for accuracy to make sure we're responding appropriately. So that's where we see some of the positive uh, feedback people are sending back to us. That's really interesting, thanks. Um, and then out of more of a personal question, um, how do you think that doing this has kind of improved your own mental health and your own um, feeling of purpose? I feel good about it because we're helping people and we're getting feedback from the people we're helping. It's really, it was designed and targeted for people in their you know, later high school, early college, young adults is what we, we like to say. And uh, we're seeing and we're getting a lot of feedback from people that really like it. We're getting to talk to a lot of people and uh, hopefully expose it to more and more people so people can use the activities and you know, the other good thing is we, we do like feedback sometimes we people actually email us with ideas and we love to hear that because uh the goal is to is to do what we can to help people be more positive and this is going to be our first uh, semester where classrooms are using us we have colleges in canada and the united states that are actually incorporating take two into their uh curriculums this year which is which is super cool for us um when we started take two minutes we had a lot of discussions because Mark and I both worked for, for bigger companies and, and, and entrepreneurial ventures. And we talked, we want to do this as a for-profit and try to build something and make some money. And, and the more we talked, especially Dr. Sexton, it was, no, we don't want to profit from the suffering from, of others. So take two minutes. Our goal was to make this free for the end user. Um, and we get a lot of satisfaction when we see new subscribers coming up. Um, even though it actually costs us more money every month when that happens, but it's, it's just, it's great to see. Um, and Coda, the only other thing I'm going to add here is just personally, since I've adopted a practice of meditating three or four times a week, journaling three or four times a week, I've just found that my stress is down. My anxiety is down. There is, uh, and my ability to connect with the people I work with, the people in my family is, is up. And, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm a huge advocate of these tools. All right, thank you. And then um, just quickly, if our listeners are at all interested in this, um, what's the number that they text to get involved or the website they go to? The website is uh, take2minutes.org and you can enter your phone number there to join. And again, it asks for the phone number because it is all text-based. So we're not all, it's not all text-based. You can do everything online as well, but we send reminders via text-based. The phone number is 717-674-2779. So 717-674-2779. All right, and then do you, either of you have anything to add about Take Two Minutes before we go? 
Cody, I want to ask, I mean, just turn the questions back to you for a moment. Have you tried meditating, gratitude journals, any of that kind of stuff that we're talking about here? Does this ring true for you or do you have any experience? Uh, yeah, I've done gra gratitude journaling. I actually grew up Buddhist, so um, meditation was a big part of my life growing up. Yeah. Um, I, I, I kind of, I use it sometimes and other times it's not as useful for me, depending on like if I'm able to focus, things along those lines. But I have found that those tools are useful personally. And growing up, did you um, did you think that was kind of like a hidden uh, skill that you had that maybe some of your friends hadn't hadn't gotten to yet? Um, I think that I generally, as a child, was very quiet, and it allowed me to reflect in a way that I feel like some other kids weren't able to, or some other teenagers weren't able to. Definitely. Yeah, I'll yeah. use the analogy also the, that I've heard. I like this analogy that trying to build happiness or resilience or getting yourself into a positive place is like anything else that you're trying to do. It takes effort. So if you're, if you are into going to the gym, you don't go to the gym once to be get in shape. You go to the gym repeatedly to get in shape. That's where our exercises, we try to give a lot of options. So if somebody does want to meditate on Tuesdays and Fridays, but that's all they want to do, or they want a gratitude journal other days, they can mix it up and try to get a little bit of positivity every day in their lives. So they're, they're making a habit out of it. There's also a lot of research, um, Coda, that says that you're better off doing a few meditations that are short versus trying to cram in a long one. So you'd be better doing three 10-minute meditations in a week versus one 30-minute. Um, and, and again, that's everything on our, uh, all of our activities are, we understand that, that co college students don't have a lot of time and we try to make everything as brief as possible. That's where the two minutes came from. It's, there's 1,440 minutes in a day. You can take two of them for yourself. Might be the only two minutes you get for yourself, but take the two. Um, so hopefully the Colorado State University students who try this will, will say, okay, I can afford two minutes for myself um, and, and enjoy the experience. All right, thank you so much for your time. This has been um, a really eye-opening interview for me to go through as well. Um, thanks for turning the question back on me a little bit. Um, but thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Again, that was Mark Fussell and Matt Zeman at Take Two Minutes. Their services can be accessed at take2minutes.org for those who are interested. We are back here on the Rocky Mountain Review on 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins. Again, I'm Coda Babcock, and this is National News Highlights for Tuesday, September 22, 2020. According to Martin Pengali from The Guardian, U.S. Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg passed away on Friday last week, and Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell is now working to fill the vacancy her death left. 
President Donald Trump announced this morning via Twitter that he plans to announce his pick for the Supreme Court on Saturday. Previously, President Trump has said that he plans to nominate a woman to the position. According to Nadia Yancey Bragg at USA Today, NASA has released plans to have another lunar mission in 2024, allowing the first woman astronaut to land on the moon. This lunar mission would be the first time that astronauts would return to the moon since 1972. Leading up to the launch in 2024, NASA plans on launching two test flights around the moon, one unmanned in 2021 and a mission with a crew in 2023. According to Bill Chappell at NPR, Tropical Storm Beta is heading for a region of Louisiana where thousands of people are still experiencing a power outage caused by Hurricane Laura last month. The storm is about 25 miles southeast of Port O'Connor in Texas, with sustained winds nearing 45 miles per hour, according to the National Hurricane Center. That's all for today's national news updates. I'm Cutta Babcock, and you're listening to the Rocky Mountain Review here on 90.5 FM. We'll be right back. did last night are you dying to hear about the twitter beef your favorite rapper was involved in well look no further because you can find all that and more tomorrow from 3 to 5 p.m with me dj dallas and me dj asher here on 90.5 kcsu for collins and we're back on the rocky mountain review i'm kota babcock and this is the covid19 update for tuesday september 22nd 2020 Colorado State University has had a recent spike in COVID-19 cases. In the past seven days, 41 new cases have been identified. CSU has identified a total of 248 cases between students, faculty, and staff at the university. Last week, students and some on-campus residents were required to get tested due to COVID-19 being found in the wastewater. CSU students are required to fill out symptom checkers before coming on campus for class or work and are expected to wear face masks at all times. Larimer County remains at a medium risk score with just over 2,300 cases and almost 50 deaths in the county. There have been 11 new cases in the past 24 hours in Larimer County, and four COVID-19 patients are currently hospitalized. Hospitalization usage is at 59%, but ICU utilization in the county is at 71%. The state of Colorado has over 65,000 cases and over 2,000 deaths among cases. There have been 704 COVID-19 outbreaks statewide, and over 800,000 people have been tested. Colorado currently rates how COVID-19 is being handled by each county based on three levels, stay at home, safer at home, and protect our neighbors. Cases are low compared to other states in Colorado, but they are going up. Just yesterday, over 400 new deaths and nearly 55,000 new cases were reported nationwide. There is a total of 6.8 million cases of COVID-19 in the United States and nearly 200,000 deaths. In K-12 schools, it appears that schools in some southern and southwestern states are being hit the hardest. 
While Colorado currently only has 16 total cases, Tennessee, Mississippi, Arkansas, and Texas have between 1,000 and 5,000 cases in K-12 schools per state. Information for this segment has been gathered from CSU's COVID recovery site, Larimer County, Colorado's Department of Public Health and Environment, the New York Times, and the CDC. That's all for today's COVID-19 update. You're listening to the Rocky Mountain Review on KCSU Fort Collins. Now I'm passing it off to Ivy for weird news. Hello there. Sometimes when looking at the news, we need a little bit of wonder and weirdness. So I've collected some recent odd happenings from around the world just so y'all can get a bit of a taste of the weird. According to Russell Falcon at WASV.com, the U.S. has a, quote, out-of-control population of super pigs, according to expert Dale Nolte. Nolte is the manager of the National Feral Swine Damage Management Program at the Department of Agriculture, who told The Atlantic magazine that the increasing numbers of feral hogs in the U.S. is sometimes referred to as, quote, a feral swine bomb. Nolte says that some feral hogs, domestic breeds in European wild boar, have crossbred and become, quote, what we call super pigs, end quote. He says because they can reproduce so quickly, it's very difficult to control the problem. Quote from Nolte, to go from 1,000 to 2,000, it's not a big deal. But if you've got a million, it doesn't take long to get to 4 million and then 8 million. What makes them super pigs, according to Nolte, is that due to the crossbreeding, they gain high intelligence, good senses of smell, and strong physical attributes from the feral hogs, and attributes from the domestically bred pigs, such as constant fertility and the ability to have much larger litters than feral hogs normally would. The hogs can reportedly grow to be up to 250 pounds and run 30 miles per hour. These hogs are an issue because they carry multiple pathogens, which can be transmitted to people or livestock, and they can destroy crops. This year's Ig Nobel Prizes were awarded this year. The Ig Nobel Prizes are awarded by the Annals of Improbable Research magazine. The ceremony is co-sponsored by the Harvard Radcliffe Society of Physics students in the Harvard Radcliffe Science Fiction Association. The Ig Nobel Prizes are intended to spotlight humorous discoveries and experiments in the world of scientists. Among the award winners are a group of researchers who placed an alligator into a helium-filled chamber to make it shout to see if its voice would be higher, scientists who developed a method to identify narcissists by their eyebrows, a group of scientists who determined what happens to an earthworm when vibrated at high frequencies, and a paper pointing to evidence that suggests that many entomologists, who are scientists that study insects, are afraid of spiders, who are notably not insects. To find all of the award winners, you can visit improbable.com. Our final story comes to us from Germany. As reported by the Associated Press, German police said Wednesday that they are losing hope of finding out who left a box of vials on a train that contained hamster DNA, which caused alarm in the southwestern town of Heidelberg late August. Federal police sent a bomb squad to investigate after a train driver found the styrofoam box with three vials of liquid on a train August 28th. Forensic specialists later determined that the liquid contained genetic material from rodents. So far, the owner of the vials has remained elusive, and Berlin police had disposed of the vials, saying that the case has gone cold. This has been some weird news. We'll be right back with the Rocky Mountain Review. I'm having so much fun. Get over here with that pool noodle. 
Hope you brought your bathing suit. Stop running. Because after the show, we're taking a trip in the hot tubs time machine and playing all the songs of a year from history. Mom, how do I turn on the bubbles? They're already on. Keep it here on 90.5 KCSU. Cannonball! And we're back on the Rocky Mountain Review. Now we're going to be moving on to the weather again. My name is Coda Babcock, and you're listening to 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins. Fort Collins is experiencing fairly moderate to warm temperatures this week. Today we're experiencing a low of 59 and a high of 85 with a lot of sun and a 0% chance of precipitation with winds reaching about 4 miles an hour. Tomorrow it'll be fairly similar with a low of 52 and a high of 85, although winds will be speeding up to 12 miles per hour, still with a 0% chance of rain. On Thursday it'll heat up just a bit with a low of 54 and a high of 88 degrees, still no chance of rain, but with winds slowing down a bit to 9 miles per hour. And for Friday? You'll just have to tune in this Thursday from 4 to 5 p.m. to find out on our next episode of the Rocky Mountain Review on 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins. And that's all for today. We just wanted to thank Damien Castile for our amazing theme music that's playing right now. We'd like to thank our amazing producer, Thomas Taylor. We'd also like to thank Asher Korn, Hannah Copeland, Addison Lambert, Griffin Ham, Jonathan Gillum, Ben Kruger, Ben Haney, Dixon Lawson, Peter Walk, Jake Sherlock, Taylor Sandal, and the rest of the, ca- the staff here at KCSU and Rocky Mountain Student Media. We couldn't do this without you. And I'd like to thank you, Coda. And I'd like to thank you, Ivy. And finally, we couldn't do this without you, dear listener. Thank you. And with that, we'll see you next time. time.